Welcome to Embrace Your Brain with Dr. D. Joy Coulter. These short weekly brain bits give you fresh glimpses into how your mind works and how to develop its natural brilliance. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, Brain Layers and Social Conflict, Part 2. Last week, we began exploring the traits of the reptile's brain and the way our core brain layer carried some of those traits as well. They can show up in us as the tendency to form habits and as urges and reactions to our environment and to other humans as well. To the extent that we act from our core layer, we are likely to want to explain our actions and end up creating excuses that can deepen over time into hardened attitudes. We might think we should simply override or bury that layer, but actually it's quite helpful when it's used as part of a multi-layer approach to life. For instance, that's what allows us to create routines. We draw on that to create order in our living space, prepare familiar meals easily, do the laundry, even the papers that we have to file and sorting of the mail. Folks who find it hard to create routines tend to live with a lot more chaos in their lives. But we can go too far in the other direction as well. If we live a totally orderly life, we can begin to see ourselves becoming obsessive and compulsive. It's all a matter of balancing out the layers. Our brain layers also have a darker side when roused into fear and anger. Over the next few podcasts, we'll explore both of our lower layers to see how they shape our way of life, how they influence our reactions to cultural and racial differences, and how they prompt us to fight or respond to threat. We'll also talk about the ties each layer has with the top two layers and how that can bring about balance. When we examine the ways we communicate, we'll find that the sounds we make and what we use our voices for will vary based on the layer that's in charge. The core layer of our brain regulates communication qualities resembling the communication strategies of reptiles. As we shall discover, it shows up mostly in our postures and some of our habitual movements, and has a limited but important relationship to how we speak. So let's take a close look at the communication patterns of reptiles. They don't have any organ resembling a larynx, so the only sounds they can make are air sounds. They hiss, sometimes squeak or grunt, and alligators and crocodiles have a kind of very low growl that sounds a bit like gurgling. So they're going to resort to a cluster of four postures and movement patterns that we call displays in order to get their point across. As we look at the displays, we'll see that we humans have very similar postures and movements that often show up in an almost automatic set of social patterns. The first is the most obvious, a courtship display, signaling an interest and willingness to mate. We incorporate similar behaviors to flirt or show interest when someone seems attractive to us. Some folks are quite good at sending these signals, and others don't seem to know how to read or send them very well at all. We'll see this variation in all the reptilian traits. Some of us incorporate this lower layer much more fully into our lives than others, and all of us tend to activate either this layer or the next one when we feel strong fear or anger, so keep that in mind as we go on. The next display is called a signature display, and it signals status. In reptiles, it consists of preening and puffed-up postures 
the shoulders are thrown back, the hips go forward to amplify the genitals, and the head is held high, never looking down. The dominant reptile puffs up its chest, struts boldly, and gets the best basking spot, has the most access to food, and the finest nest. The other reptiles would never question this privilege and would respect the rank of the dominant one completely. With humans, this signature display is quite varied. Jewelry, clothing, cars, homes, and even likes on social media are all forms of status and rank. Our most structured signature display is with uniforms that display rank and medals along the shoulders and on the chest. The postures and strides of marching bands and military processions are great examples of our core brain's signature displays. The last two communication displays among reptiles work together, and they're called challenge displays and submission displays. Challenge displays involve intense threat posturing. Legs are apart, fists are clenched, grimacing face, shoulders raised. It's all designed to look as large and threatening as possible. They occur whenever one's dominance is at all questioned. Such challenges are life or death matters for the reptile. The winner lives and the loser must die. If the dominant reptile's signature displays were overshadowed by that of another, that would cause great alarm. It would be taken as a challenge for dominance, and they would be forced to fight or submit to the superiority of the other reptile. Among reptiles, there are no second chances, which makes the urge to submit when threatened very strong. Any sign of defiance could mean death. Submission displays involve a show of vulnerability, Postures like exposing the belly or neck, relaxing the arms and dropping the shoulder muscles, looking down, even getting down on the ground in order to be much lower than the challenger. All of these signal submission. This relaxes the challenger and saves the life of the submissive one, as long as it doesn't have any defects. At their very core, reptiles are programmed to call all deviants. Defects as small as a cut on their tail or any sign of weakness or frailty become death sentences. This was the key to their extraordinarily long reign on the planet because it maintained the purity of their gene pool. As we go forward to explore layer two, the primary operating system for most mammals, we're going to find that this second layer has very different ways of preserving the species. And these strategies are also effective in the long run. However, we'll also discover that this layer isn't very skilled at all as self-protection under threat. If you're enjoying these podcasts, I think you'll love my book, Original Mind, Uncovering Your Natural Brilliance. It's available on Amazon and at EmbraceYourBrain.com.